Welcome to the Just Pod, a podcast by the Criminal Justice Section of the ABA, the unified voice of criminal justice. Welcome to the Just Pod. Today we're speaking with Sarah Alpert Lawson, counsel with Zuckerman Spader. Sarah is joining us today to speak about redactions and the Mueller report. So, Sarah, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Emily. We're excited to talk to you today about where we're at with the Mueller report. Can you give us just a high-level understanding of where the Mueller report landed? So, the Mueller report is divided into two volumes. And the first volume is focused on special counsel's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 presidential election. And the second part of the report is focused on the special counsel's investigation into whether the president obstructed justice by obstructing the special counsel's investigation. And the first part of the report with respect to Russian interference in the 2016 election, widely known that numerous Russian operatives have been charged in that investigation, and there have been other charges related to that investigation against folks connected to the Trump campaign who were found to have obstructed this part of the investigation who have been charged. And then there's a number of what appear to be ongoing matters in connection with Russian interference into the election that the report concluded that it could not definitively establish that there was a conspiracy between the Trump campaign and Russian in order to impact or interfere in the outcome of the election. And the second part of the report into whether the president obstructed the special counsel's investigation, the special counsel's office concluded that they could not make a determination as to whether to charge the president and largely in part relying on an opinion from the Office of the Legal Counsel stating that a sitting president could not be indicted. But the report also concluded that they could not exonerate the president by saying that the president definitively did not obstruct the investigation. So there's a lot in this more than 400-page report. Right. (laughs) That's a good summary. Thank you so much for that. And now the question on a lot of people's minds is what was redacted? So that's what we're going to get into a little bit more with you. Sarah, why don't you help us understand what redaction is for and what sort of content is eligible for being redacted? Sure. So Redactions are somewhat commonly used among lawyers in order to protect confidential information from disclosure, and there may be various reasons why documents may be redacted. So, for instance, if you were going to file a document in the public record containing someone's social security number, that information is considered confidential, and you are required generally under court rules to redact that information or you may need to turn over information to opposing party in litigation, but some of what's contained in the document may be confidential attorney-client communications. And so you need to redact that information to avoid waiving the attorney-client privilege. Or there may be other reasons to redact information. Here in the Mueller report, for example, there are purported redactions to protect grand jury material. And what 
the identity investigations and deliberations of the grand jury are secret and can't be disclosed except to certain exceptions under the federal rules of criminal procedure. And so that information may need to be redacted in order to, to protect the privacy of secrecy of it before it's disclosed. There are a number of purposes for redacting information. So I guess a question that I have is we know Congress has subpoenaed the full report, and Mueller has established that he has not found sufficient evidence to bring charges against the president at this time. So whatever is redacted, it's still inclusive, and the, the sort of resolution, if you will, that he's provided everyone at this point in time wouldn't be affected by anything not being viewed by the public, right? So why would Congress benefit from seeing all of the unredacted material? Okay, well, so let me back that up for a minute, if you don't mind, Emily. First, let's talk a little bit more specifically, I think, about the redactions in the Mueller report and the two volumes of the report. So... There are four types of redactions in Mueller's report. One is harm to ongoing matters, which is information that's been redacted because there is an active criminal investigation into someone that is currently proceeding and disclosing that information could impede the integrity of the investigation. Second type of redaction is redaction of things to protect personal privacy interests of peripheral third parties. So that's, so for example, if somebody went in to talk to the special counsel's office as a witness and it would be, you know, it's not known that they went in to talk and they, it would be damaging to them to have that information disclosed, that type of information has been redacted. Uh, grand jury material, as I mentioned before, has been redacted and classified sources and methods. So those are the four types of information that are in the, the, the report that the Attorney General's office has said it has redacted. And within the report, and as I mentioned earlier, there are two volumes. And when you flip through the report, volume one, concerning Russian interference, uh, in the election and the related investigations into the Trump campaign and Trump campaign associates certainly contains the bulk of the redactions. And it's been, I think, widely reported that most of the redactions relate to ongoing matters. Second volume of the report related to the special counsel's conclusions with respect to whether the president has obstructed justice in the investigation, that contains fewer redactions, but still some related to grand jury material, some harm to ongoing matters, and that kind of thing. So setting that stage, the subpoenas issued by the House Judiciary Committee, the subpoenas seeking the unredacted report, it's also seeking all of the documents cited in the report and all of the investigative materials and documents collected by the special counsel's office. So in essence, almost the entire investigation conducted by the special counsel's office. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but as I have been reading through findings on the Mueller report, it, it seems that Mueller was trying to make the distinction that he has not, he's just presenting all of his investigation. He wasn't necessarily providing a conclusion. It said that he hadn't analyzed the evidence yet. 
So in, with respect to part two on obstruction of justice, mm -hmm. the Mueller report is essentially presenting the evidence and not drawing a conclusion one way or the other as to whether the president obstructed justice. With respect to the conspiracy, Trump campaign conspiracy with the Russians, I believe that that section of the report states that they were unable to gather sufficient evidence to conclusively determine the campaign conspired with Russia. So they just want the chance to evaluate it and see if they come to the same conclusion or if being able to see all of the information would lead them to a different conclusion that they would then have the chance to pursue. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, Congress wants to be able to evaluate the evidence that was collected in the investigation and they have oversight responsibilities in terms of what was done, what was not done. The report is a summary of the investigation. It cites to a lot of the materials, but it may not necessarily be everything that was collected may not have gone into the report and to the House Judiciary Committee has subpoenaed all of that additional information as well. Okay, I didn't realize that. Well, that's a lot for them to look at. But going back to redaction, help me understand how common a practice this is. I know you were saying there's lots of different instances that would warrant a redaction. How common is this? Redactions in general in litigation are fairly common. What's uncommon about this situation, and not to say that it doesn't happen with the Mueller report, is that in essence unredacting the information that could lead to widespread public dissemination, almost certainly. And in general, in litigation matters, there's always the chance that stuff becomes public, but there's not necessarily public interest in that information. So right. even if it does become public. Mm -hmm. And here, there's so much public interest in what was redacted and whether the redactions are, in fact, justified. And that's common in litigation to have opposing parties challenging the redactions, testing whether the redactions are truly necessary. Because you're, in essence, you're, you're relying on your opponent to be accurate in their redactions because you can't see what's behind the redactions. Yes. So, in theory, someone could hide more than they really should have been able to. They're at liberty to exercise their judgment, right? Yes, but not necessarily so much hiding, but not wanting to disclose certain information. And you may be overbroad in designating what information should be confidential. Sometimes there may be simply mistakes that are made in the information, even if it's not key to the person who, who would like to see what's been redacted, even if it's not key to the case, or it still may be something that generates some level of interest or changes some fact. And so there's always an interest in understanding what's been redacted and why it's been redacted and testing the sufficiency of that. And another question about the subpoena, if Congress is able to get a full unredacted version of the report and all of the evidence, would that then have to be made public or is that something that would just be made available to Congress for them to make a judgment? That is really a big open question right now and up for debate. I think some folks would like to see Congress make it public, and some folks would argue that Congress can see it 
and as long as it's kept confidential within Congress. So there's information in the report, such as the classified materials may go under normal circumstances to, for example, the intelligence committees who are equipped to handle classified information and know how to keep it confidential and would keep it confidential. But because of the strong public interest in the report, there's a lot of pressure to release information that, you know, typically may, may be kept classified. So how does a party test if the redactions are justified? So typically, in order to sort of find out or see if you can get what's behind the redactions, that typically requires court intervention. You may try to negotiate with the other side, as Congress initially did here, the Mueller report. And here it's slightly different than a typical sort of litigation case because Congress has the power to subpoena and has subpoenaed what's been unredacted. But if the attorney general doesn't comply with the subpoena, then Congress would need to move to enforce the subpoena before a federal district court, most likely. And it's going to come up to a federal district court to determine what may be whether the redactions stand or whether the information needs to be produced. So we'll be stay tuned for what could be a lengthy battle on obtaining the unredacted report as well as the other uh, investigative materials and evidence collected by the special counsel. Okay. We will stay tuned. Well, thank you again, Sarah, for joining us on the podcast and helping us deepen our understanding of redactions and the function that they provide in an investigation and and in litigation. Uh, We appreciate your time and your insight. Thanks for having me. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on this episode of The Just Pod.